Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. Thanks for joining us over the last two weeks as things shifted up a little bit. It was a pleasure to have Ian Valancourt join us, and I enjoyed very much, Andrew, and I'm sure many of our church members as well enjoyed your conversation with him, though we are also looking forward to getting back into our regular routine here. And so first off, back from our little two-week stint, we want to talk a little bit about worship, mm-hmm. uh, particularly corporate worship, um, but also a little bit of worship in general. So just to start us off, Andrew, I'll just ask a very basic question. What is worship? We could define worship probably most basically as showing honor or reverence uh, to God. As Christians, we're, we're speaking of to God, uh, though as human beings are, uh, John Calvin would say the, the heart is an idle factory. We, we're just built to worship. Mm-hmm. We're built to show reverence, adoration, and it doesn't necessarily have to be directed towards God. So the human being is always looking for something to adore, yeah. to, to uh, revere. And, um, uh, a scholar, Greg Beale, he says that we become like that which we worship. And so the things that we adore, that we revere, the things that we spend our time, our money, our energy on are the things that we uh, adore. So so at its most basic level, that's that's really what worship is. So that's how we would define worship on a sort of broad, general level. Mm-hmm. But uh, often when we think about worship, uh, we think more... More in a more focused way about corporate worship. Mm-hmm. So that would be primarily worship on a Sunday morning, but also in other corporate settings uh, throughout a week that's maybe not on Sunday. And what we're talking about here this week is the discipleship of worship, how worship, we often, I think, are tempted to think of worship as primarily something that we're doing for God that doesn't really necessarily have any benefits to us or benefits to anyone around us. But really worship is designed quite a bit differently than that. And so when we're thinking about the discipleship of worship, Andrew, how are we as God's people discipled as we take part together in corporate worship? So let's let's start by also narrowing down a little bit what we're meaning by corporate worship. Uh, many people, when they think about worship, they're thinking about uh they, they use worship as an adjective, worship leader, worship music, mm-hmm. worship service. But worship is not primarily an adjective. It's primarily a verb. Yeah. It's something that we're, we're called to do. And as you mentioned, like we're, we're giving adoration, we're giving reverence to God. And so when we're gathering together as the people of God, it's not merely singing it's not merely music it's that it's that god meets with his people and we are meeting with god and as a result of that we are showing honor and reverence to a god who who has said you will be my people and 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 i will be your god and mm-hmm. at its most basic level then when we're gathering together that's what we're doing so when then when we think about uh what is disciple how how are we discipled in in worship um, when I think about Sunday mornings, 
when when we're talking about corporate worship, we're talking about Sunday mornings. Yeah. We're we're not here to be entertained. This is not first and foremost about us. Mm-hmm. It's about God. And this is where I think in in the evangelical church today we've got we've got all sorts of uh, interesting concepts of of who God is and 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 what a worship service is. Who who is it designed for? Well, is it for believers? Is it for unbelievers? Well, first and foremost, it's about God. And yeah. and we if we lose that perspective, we're going to get so many other things that just start to uh, skew how we worship. Yeah. Um, but then when we think about if we're coming to meet with God, then it's not about being entertained. It's not about an experience. It's not about, um, it, it's not, it's not first and foremost about me. It's about, it's about God is revealing himself and he's showing who he is. And so he, how, how he does that is through his word. And so whether it's, uh, we read the word, we sing the word, we pray the word, mm-hmm. we hear the word, we receive the word, we eat the word. We're doing all these things. It's word-centered yeah. that God is bringing by his spirit. And so, first and foremost, worship is about God. Worship is not about us. It's it, And even, I should stop and just say, when we talk about a worship service, I don't even like that language of a worship service because it's, again, it's using worship as an adjective. Yeah. Um, when we gather for worship, it is not primarily or it is not first that we are serving God, but God is serving us. God is meeting us and that's a gift of grace to yeah. us. So when you understand that, then when we are gathering, God is seeking to form a people for himself. So we could talk more specifically about how here at CBC, we think about that. Absolutely. So you briefly sort of ran through a couple of the components of corporate worship, what what elements are involved in that. And so maybe we could talk a little bit more about those and talk about how each of those components specifically help us grow in our discipleship. So there's, there's a, quite a few places we could start. We may as well start with kind of the most obvious ones. If we're thinking of corporate worship, we're thinking of, of singing. So mm-hmm. in, in, in what ways does singing disciple us as believers? So when we think about singing, uh, first we are singing to one another. Uh, Paul will talk about this, uh, singing ha- songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making melodies in your heart uh, to the Lord. So you're singing to the Lord and you're yeah. singing to one another. Um, so so I don't think that, the, that we should have loud, super loud music that's that's primarily about performance the primary instrument is the voice of the people of god mm-hmm. and that's what's that's what's central because what we want is we want to be able to hear one another and be encouraged by one another there's something about um i've been in rooms where there's where there's um just close proximity with others and you hear people singing whether it's uh, 10 or a hundred or a thousand, or I've been in a room with 10,000 uh, people praising the Lord. There's something powerful and encouraging yeah. about that. So, so worship then worship uh, as we sing, it is filling our minds with the truth of God in a poetic form that enables us to remember and encourage one another and lift up our voices to God in terms of who he is, what he has done and how I respond to him. 
And I think so often we we think of singing as just it's me singing to God, and we we often don't even stop to think about how much. Uh, not only that we can be benefited by all of our brothers and sisters around us, but how much we benefit them as well. There's, there's certainly purpose in our, in our singing for, for that as well. And that's a, a great encouragement and one that I think mm-hmm. we, we could certainly maybe benefit more from than maybe we do sometimes. I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll tell a quick story. There was uh, an older gentleman uh, who uh, he is now gone to be with the Lord. He's passed away. And, um, I remember he was he was quite elderly, and I just saw I looked over one Sunday and he had his palms raised to the Lord and he was singing. And I just went and thanked him for just how encouraged I was. And he said, Oh, I don't really like those. I, I'd prefer to sing the hymns, but but I see how how God is working in other people. And and I was just like, Wow, you didn't think that this was primarily about you, but yet here you were adoring the Lord. Yeah. And and I got encouraged by that. Sometimes I think it's good to look around, yeah. not to not to be nosy, but to see that you're not alone. You are with a family of believers who adore and love God. Absolutely. Worship through singing encourages and strengthens us for sure. Uh, Thinking of other elements of corporate worship, then we talked about uh, reading and praying the word. So how did those components of corporate worship disciple and strengthen us? Well, let's start with the beginning of our service. Here at CBC, we we do a call to worship. Mm -hmm. So the first, really, I consider it the first formal thing that we do as a church is that we have someone who get up and they they don't say, hey, church, how's it going? How are you all feeling today? Uh, there's an Alistair Begg uh, clip is, yeah. somewhere online that he's like, I don't need I don't need someone asking me how I'm feeling today because I walked out the door and I kicked the dog and it just mm-hmm. he he makes a mockery a little bit of of this sense. Worship is not first and foremost about me. What God does is God speaks. The opening of the Bible is in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. And God said let there be light. And there was light. Mm-hmm. And this idea of light, there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars. It's it's God who is revealing himself. He's, he's shining throughout all of creation, showing his glory. And so it's as though in creation, at the very beginning, God is saying, this is about me. I'm going to reveal myself to you. So when we start our service, when we talk about reading, it is first and foremost about God. God, God's word forms God's people. It's yeah. not God's people. We're not Catholic here. And we don't believe that the, the people of God form the word of God, but rather we're Protestants. And we, we believe that God speaks and he creates his people. Mm-hmm. So first we read the word of God and, and then we, we, we pray, we, we offer just a word of admonition, of encouragement, and, and then we pray. And we're praying in light of those scriptures. Uh, during our service, we'll often have a time where the passage that is being preached is read. Yeah. And so we're taking time because God speaks and we're wanting to hear God's voice. And so God's voice is primary. Um, and then we're we're praying and we're praying in light of the things that God has told us to pray about, uh, praying for other believers, praying for one another, praying for those who are sick, praying, thanking God, adoring him, uh, worshiping him, praying for civic leaders. There's many ways that the scriptures teach us to pray. Yeah. And so we're doing those things. So in terms of reading and praying, that's 
that's a big way that we are really trying to to be enculturated by the word of God. Yeah. And then there are a few other elements as well of corporate worship. We've talked about many of them, but I, I could think of at least a, a few more uh, fairly important ones here. Um, I'd be curious to see what you might want to pick up on next for us to talk about. Uh, if we think about how we are shaped by the word of God, um, we're also shaped as we... Um, so so we, we start our service with a call to worship. Yep. We'll often sing... And then we'll have a, a prayer. We'll have a some sort of confessional mm-hmm. prayer. And uh, I, I've had I've had people ask me like, "Why are we doing these 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 prayers?" I don't like saying something when I don't know what's coming up. Fair enough. I I get that. At the same time, what what we're trying to aim for is Christians throughout the ages have prayed and confessed their sins. Yeah. And what does that mean? What does that look like? If you go to uh, I'm I'm just I'm I am an evangelical, but I'm going to pick on my own my own stripe here. And one of the issues that I have is I I think that so much of evangelicalism doesn't understand what we're trying to do in a worship service. We're yeah. trying to form disciples. So so one of the things is part of the Christian life. Martin Luther, uh, if if all of the Christian life is repentance, then it should be reflected in the fact that we confess sin. Yeah. And we're not we're not asking people to to lay out all their gory details, but we're trying to train people. Yeah. Here's here's how you confess. Uh here's here's a, a model. So we've used prayers from uh all sorts of of Christians throughout the ages. Uh, Augustine, Samuel Johnson, uh Thomas Goodwin, we've used prayers from um John Wesley from uh, Martin Luther, from Calvin, from from the Puritans, from the Book of Common Prayer, from the like like this is not unique to to just a certain tradition. It is the practice of confessing Christians, mm-hmm. and then what we do is we read a passage of Scripture that just reminds us when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's very good for us to remember that. Christianity has been around long before we have. And That's right. There's really nothing that we go through today that hasn't been gone through before. And we are, we're not floating alone in a, in a great big sea. We've got a whole line of those who went before us. And I, I think it's very good for us to connect with those things as well and to, to enculturate that, that repentance and mm-hmm. as, as well the, the turning to Christ and finding absolution is often the, the word yeah. used there. And yeah, that, that's very, very valuable, I think. So we start our services with a call to worship. We have a, 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 confection, a confession, excuse me. And We're not selling no, confectionary items here. No, Luke. though no. We, we could maybe consider <laughs> that for the future. The confession and absolution. And then the, the service ends in a very intentional and particular mm-hmm. way as well with a, with a benediction. We, I think... I think it can be easy to assume that that's just sort of there as a nicety, but I would say there's a little more to that. So why don't you talk to us a little bit, Andrew, about the benediction? Yeah, a benediction defined is is just simply a blessing. Uh, we typically use that that as an opportunity to commission us as well mm-hmm. to go out into the world, so that God speaks. God gets the first word. God gets the last word. And he sends us out as his people into the world, strengthened by his spirit, 
uh, with the knowledge of his word so that we might go and live out his word. So it's it's not just, you know, like I've said about the word amen. Amen is not the, the clue to let you know, oh, we're wrapping up a prayer. It's not the clue that the service is wrapping up. It's actually a word of blessing and of commission mm-hmm. that sends us out. And then one more big element of a corporate worship service that we haven't talked about yet that certainly could be its own entire episode, but we'll, we'll go ahead and keep short. As we've talked about, corporate worship is about us ascribing glory to God and we then hearing his word and being discipled in so many ways, hearing and praying and singing God's word. If the focus is around God's word, then obviously the focus of a, a worship service is on the preaching, mm-hmm. which is extremely important. So maybe in just a minute or two, Andrew, why don't you talk about the, the significance of preaching as it relates to everything we've been talking about so far? Uh, as as the primary preaching pastor here, um, I, I want to just, humbly say, and I do want to emphasize the word humbly, that um, the conviction of Protestants and evangelicals throughout the ages has been that when the preacher speaks, God speaks. Uh, It is not the equivalent of scripture. So please don't hear me saying that, that I'm like the Pope speaking ex cathedra. Like this is not another divine word in that sense, but, but that when God's word rightly spoken of rightly studied rightly applied when when god when god's word is spoken that the people of god hear uh, the word of god and it speaks to their hearts what i find amazing is as we as then we go through uh, and our practice here at cbc is go through a book of the bible verse by verse it's called expositional preaching we don't miss anything because it's hard or difficult. We're not trying to avoid hard subjects. We're trying to deal with all the things that God has revealed, the full counsel of God. And, and as we are shaped and as we hear all of God's word, it shapes all of our life from how we think about how we work, our families, our business, how we do justice. Uh, we're thinking in terms of just our day-to-day life and our recreation, how we spend our money and our time. All of these things, God begins to forge a disciple uh, and the the habit of week after week after week, hearing God speak, hearing him shape our lives. I'm amazed at what God does in people's lives mm-hmm. when we we just simply open up the Bible. Um, we shouldn't neglect either the the practice of of eating the word. Yes. I um, though it's not something that we do on a weekly basis. The practice of communion, you might wonder, well, how is that eating the word? Aren't you eating bread and drinking grape juice? Uh, well, yes. Um, but but yet, we believe that Christ is present with us in the meal in a special way so that as we eat and as we drink by faith, we are actually taking in Christ who forms us into his people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a way of us confessing, I need you, like just as just as bread and and wine nourishes the body right from the the very source of my mouth right down to the tips of my fingers and my my toes i need christ to forge and shape me in a profound way so that he influences all of my life and so the act of communion is we remember christ's death his redeeming death that is rescuing sinners from sin and death and hell and we eat and we drink and we remember until he comes again and he brings us anew into the kingdom and we feast with him forever. 
So worship is first and foremost about God and not, not about us. When we come to a corporate worship gathering, we are there to, to honor and glorify God. And yet we are also benefited as well as we hear from God, as we hear from his word and all these many, many ways that we've talked about, we are grown and sanctified and strengthened as well as is very much God's design. It's not merely that we are serving God, but he is also serving us. And so that is the the discipleship of worship. That's the end of our episode for this week. Uh, Tune in next week for our next episode where, where we'll be talking a little bit about calls to ministry. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you then. Bye everybody.